Welcome in, dogs fans. This is the next episode of Baxter Street Boys. I'm your host, Cole Wilcox, joined as always by my co-host, Jake Gordon, and our producer, Griffin Rudy. And listen, a lot of people won't get what I'm about to say, but the loyal faithful of BSB will get this. You've put in the work this offseason. You've put in the work. You've done what you need to do. You've checked the boxes. You've made sure that all of the next 15 Saturdays are wide open. And to that, I say congratulations. And the season is upon us. It's officially go time. Time to tee it up. For the next 15 Saturdays, we get to enjoy some football, uh, most notably Georgia football. And we got a good season ahead of us. And we're going to break that down tonight. We're going to get into some Oregon talk. We're going to give you some week one best bets. Uh, last week did not go as planned. That will not happen again. Our bets will be better. But without further ado, let's get into it. There he goes in the corner again, and we jump up. Touchdown! Oh, God, a touchdown in the corner! He just stepped on their face with a hobnail boot and broke their nose. We just crushed their face. Swift's got running room. Swift by the defense. 40, 30. They won't catch him. Go, Swift, into the end zone. Touchdown! The freshman just ran it back to Philadelphia. 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Dogs win it. We're headed to Atlanta. Near sideline, and it's intercepted. Intercepted. Keely Ringo at the 21. Off he goes. 40, 50, 45, 40, 35, 30. Near sideline. Breaks a tackle. 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown. Touchdown, touchdown, Georgia. I know I'm asking a lot, you guys, but hunker it down one more time. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, like I said, kickoff this week. Dogs are finally back, which is the best news you can possibly hear. You two guys will be in the bins. Got to be pretty exciting. Oh, yeah. I'm pumped. Yeah, I can't wait. I, I selected my seats today. Um, I got to do that. Crap. Yeah, unfortunate. Oh. Good luck. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm just super excited to be back, man. I, it's it's nice to go to the Benz and watch a like a competent football team play. Uh, the last yeah. time I was there was actually uh, the Peach Bowl. Um, yeah, Pitt and Michigan State. And then uh, Michigan State got the pick six to actually cover for the rest of that game. Or it was Pitt, one or the other. I can't remember. I was so happy because that game was dead in the water. And then there was like a, a pick six with like 20 seconds left mm -hmm. to cover. It was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, the Benz up getting enough love, in my opinion. That, and, and it's probably because the Falcons play there and it's not filled, so they're like the environment's not there yet. But that stadium is beautiful. Um, and the best part about it, the concession prices, you, I mean, those are next level. They're, you can actually afford things there. So I love the Benz personally. I think it's awesome. I, I, I would much rather this game be played home and home. I hate neutral site games. I always will. But well, I'm glad I'm glad we don't have to go to Autzen in 2024 when Oregon's probably going to be pretty good. So That is true. That is true. They will be continuing to get better. This year would have been a good year to go, though. And then Brent yeah. in Athens next year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll get it. Last time, last time we were in the bins, uh, watching the Dirty Birds beat the Lions last year. Yeah, in the battle of two of the worst teams I've seen. Yeah, in the bird's nest. Tim Boyle <laughs> almost beat the Falcons, so that's where <laughs> we were at. But we got plenty of Oregon coverage coming up. You're gonna, know, you're gonna know what you need to know about Oregon. Um, you're gonna get a lot of hate out of this. We've been so. Here, here's the backstory. We've been nice to teams this offseason. I feel like some teams you can't be nice to. Tennessee, Florida, you can't be nice to them. We've been overly nice to some teams that we're going to play, and that will no longer be the case, especially the week that we play them. It'll be a full-fledged hate week. This week on Twitter will be a full-fledged Oregon hate week. And we'll open up the Oregon segment with some nice hate. So look forward to that. But first, let's get into the picks. The week one gambling picks. And I mentioned last week. We don't have to talk about last week. 
Griffin is starting 0 and 2. Me and Jake starting 1 and 1. So, so we're still I mean, we're still fighting a line. We've lost a little bit of money there, but Griff, what, what do you got to say about an 0 and 2 week to get the year started? Just just Dude. par for the course or what? Yeah, yeah, it sucked. Um, the Utah State uh, game, UConn game, actually looked really good at halftime. I was like, all right, this is I'm I'm chilling there. They had like 30, 38 points or something, and then just that didn't Jim score Moore defense took half. over. Freaking, yeah, they, they didn't do winning. anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, UConn they were. They that. went up fourteen nothing or something like that, and then Utah State scored a bunch of points. But regardless, hey, we we move. All right, we're yeah. we're gonna come back this week. We're going four zero. That's all I'm gonna say. New Mexico State's on the list. I stayed up till two o'clock um, in my hotel room. I was not pitching the next day, so stayed up till two, two o'clock. Watched that entire game just for them to throw a pick on the fifteen yard line to not cover. So they they might be on the list. They started the wrong quarterback. We'll get into that later. But here's how we're gonna do this. Um, we're still working on a punishment. I've been asking around for some food challenges or something in Athens, so we're still working on that. But we're this for the remainder of the year. We're gonna do. One favorite, one underdog, one over, one under. Um, obviously, we can mix and match like we did last week. Me and Jake were both on Illinois. So, let's let's do it. And, Griff, you started it last week. So, Jake, why don't you start us this week? I love the board this week. It's probably because it's week one. It's, it's and, full. Uh, it's I, full I, always, I always try to avoid the public just because it's really just a, a smart thing to do. Vegas wasn't that's, built on winners. That's really the only way you can win in gambling is just fade the public. Yeah, but I feel like week one, like you know, even a little early in the season, I feel like faith, I feel like going with the public's not that bad of an idea. Like right. Alabama last year, everybody was all over Alabama. It made me so nervous to bet Alabama against Miami, and then they come out and just absolutely dog mm-hmm. them out. So I'm probably going to go with a similar strategy this week. I am going to take Clemson minus 21 and a half against Georgia Tech. Uh, Georgia Tech has not kept it within what seems like 40 points with Clemson in forever. Uh, I understand this game is in Atlanta. Clemson fans will travel just fine for that. Um, I, I I just I just don't have any faith in Georgia Tech. Another one that is the public is all over, but actually I'm gonna switch my pick. I, I, if either of y'all have that game, I'm sorry. I'm gonna take Arkansas minus six against Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati lost too much. I think Arkansas is gonna dominate them in the trenches. Um, I still think Cincinnati is gonna be like a solid program, but uh, just lost way way too much production for them to only be six point dogs to Arkansas. Uh, I got the Hogs minus six. Yeah, like that. that that's I like that, that was, Clemson pick too, though. That was my both play. of them were fine with me. They're both the public all over both of those, but I feel like that's I feel like it's okay right now. Well, I actually heard one of the Clemson game that I think I like better than the total. Uh, the first quarter is Clemson minus six and a half. Like I don't I don't see Georgia Tech scoring. There's a maybe there's the whole whispers that Georgia game. Tech is uh, fourteen and a half for their team total, and if that is the case, I will be under placing a very large bet on. Oh that. my, yeah, yeah, I like that a lot. yeah. Uh, uh, that was Arkansas was my play too. I'll, I'll just go next. Um, I'm not. I'll, I'll switch it for the heck of it though, because I have another one that I do like. But I do love the Arkansas play. I think them under a touchdown at home against Cincinnati. Like like I said to, to somebody today, that Vegas has to respect Cincinnati for what they did last year. Um, they can't just go out and give them ten points in week one. But I, I think there's some values, a week one value in this line for sure. Uh, Actually, you know what? I'm going to go with it. Screw it. I'm trying to win this competition, too. Arkansas minus six is my play. Uh, for the same reasons Jake said, I, I think I think they win by at least a touchdown. I still think Cincinnati's an eight or nine win team, but we talked about Arkansas. I like Sam Pittman. I'm buying Sam Pittman. I'm mm-hmm. buying what he's selling. 
Uh, and I don't think I don't think a, a, a touchdown is too tall of an ask. Uh, like if this yeah. was like a 13 point line, which I think is probably a little closer to what it should be, I'd probably just stay away. But I think yeah. Arkansas can win this Same. game pretty handily. Agreed. Completely agree. Yeah. So me and Jake rolled the favorites last week. We both hit Illinois. Griff, who's your favorite for the week? All right. My favorite for the week is different from Arkansas. I do like Arkansas. I probably will have taken them. But uh, my favorite this week is a team that I love betting on. I love betting on these guys. The BYU Cougars minus 11 and a half versus UCF. I think BYU is going to be really good this year. And uh, the one thing that scares me about this game is Gary Bohannon. He's starting quarterback at South Florida now, and he was pretty good for Baylor last year. But I like the Cougars. Cougars It's very interesting. I I just talk about not worrying about the public week one. This is like apparently like my buddy who's sharp as sharp as they come, sharp as the sharps. He loves USF this week. And I've already put like 40 bucks on USF. But I mean, it's week one. It's week one. Uh, yeah. He says he says all the sharp money's on USF. He says the public's all over BYU, but also BYU is a really good team. They could come out there and yeah. still dominate. Like we're still talking about, you know, probably the best G five team against, you know, one that's been rebuilding at least uh, for a few years before before they made a bowl last year. Yeah, and Griff will bet the BYU Cougars for twelve weeks. That's a fact. No, I, no, that is I. When the year that <laughs> Zach Wilson played for BYU, I actually bet them every game. I legit, I legitimately did. They went. Me like and my roommate did that a lot too. We watched yeah. so much Zach Wilson. Like this yeah. was before he was really getting hype. as like a, like in the draft. We were just watching BYU and Zach Wilson so much. We're like, dude, this Zach Wilson guy's sick, and BYU keeps covering. Well, the funniest I love part. The I love funniest to watch part him. about. That's why I bet him every time. Like. Because Tennessee lost to BYU the year before, and Zach Wilson was what a sophomore. So everybody's made fun of Tennessee for losing that game. But it's happened a lot. Like they lost to Oklahoma when they had Baker Mayfield, and that team was really good. Nobody realized how good they were yet. Everybody kind of made fun of them for choking that. Everybody made fun of them for losing to BYU, had a first round quarterback. And then last year, everybody made fun of them for losing to Pitt at home, who turned out to be a top 10 team in the league. So <laughs> they, they get screwed by scheduling these games too early. And then no one remembers that. Hey, what about Georgia State? They did not have a first-round quarterback. Um, I do want that on note. They did not. They did lose uh, that game, too. The, <laughs> that the, the play that I was thinking about switching to was actually Tennessee first quarter, minus nine and a half. Uh, their first quarter totals are ridiculous. Uh, somebody put me on that today. Uh, shout out. Cook the book. But um, another one that I really liked was App State pick em. That's a, That's a rat line. Uh, North Carolina at App State is a pick em. I guess Pickens can be favorite or underdogs. I don't know how we're going to do that, but I probably I guess it's whatever you wanted to be, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I think App State Pickham is the play there. Like I, when I saw that line, I was like, I pick him, but it, it, now it makes sense. Like North Carolina did look terrible. Uh, yeah, yesterday. I was going to ask. I don't know if y'all watched that game, but their quarterback did not look good. He's, at yeah, all. The, the, they looked awful. Complete. Like that line was what thirty four points or something, and then it, it was Florida a was high, was, Florida A&M was, was, was giving them all they wanted, and they were yes. down twenty scholarship players. Yes. Yeah, North Carolina, it might be in for a hurt this year. App State, Pigham is looking fresh. But I'll stick with Arkansas. Definitely stick with Arkansas. Uh, Griff, you can start. We can go opposite order on underdogs. All right, underdog. This is a Thursday night game. Getting it early. West Virginia, plus seven and a half versus Pitt. I think Pitt's going to take a big step back this year. And I think West Virginia's take a big step forward. So, I like JT Daniels. I mean, we know what he offers. And when he's playing well, he's pretty he's pretty solid QB. So, Keaton Slovis is not a guy that I was ever really impressed with, so I'm not really scared of him at Pitt. But I like I like the Mountaineers. You said Thursday yeah. night. That's not the game I thought you were going to take. Yeah, me either. Me either. And I I have them both. No, I I have that one written down too, but I, I like this one better. <laughs> yeah, and the the funny people don't know how 
like important that game is to these teams. Those teams hate each other. That's a very undervalued rivalry. Was it the backyard brawl? Yeah, it's a very uh, Pitt, underrated. Pitt kept West Virginia like three win. Pitt kept yes. West Virginia out of the national championship in like 2007 when they had Pat White and Steve Slayton. Yeah, and seven year old Cole who literally just like looked at the numbers beside the teams, and I was like, oh my god, Georgia's going to the national championship. They're the next team up. They're ranked fifth. Like <laughs> it didn't work that way, but I do remember watching that game. That game, and on the other TV, it was a. Uh, Missouri going down. Missouri yeah. was about to go to the BCS. That was a weird year, man. I think South Florida was in the mix. I think time. Kansas was good. Kansas was good. They were ranked no, number one. That was a weird year. Oh, that was the weirdest year. I've heard some stats on there before. If you haven't looked up stats on the 2017 or 2007 college football season, it's it's the wackest year of all time. I think Kansas State was up in the mix too. Like it was like Kansas it State, Missouri, crazy. and Kansas were all in it or something. Yeah. It started off with Michigan getting beat by App State, and then it was just an yeah. absolute tailwind from there on. Yeah. Yeah. That's bizarre. All right, so my pick, that was going to be definitely my pick, but now I have like five written down that I all am very indifferent on. Uh, I got two I'm that thinking, I adore. I'll pick I'm thinking about going back to the well. Um, I, I like betting home dogs week one, but I'm about to go back to the Illinois well. Um, That's who I was going to take too. <laughs> I, I like that as well. <laughs> Dude, Illinois Friday, should be though. favored in this game. They they didn't look bad. They're, Indiana is awful. Um that drive is that that's barely a road trip for Illinois. It's not like the Indiana home crowd is going to be doing virtually anything. Yeah, let's do it. Let's take Illinois plus three. Uh, going back well, I guess, I guess we're taking that. the same the same ones again. I, I got I got some numbers for you. Last four games of last year without Michael Penix for uh, Indiana scored seven points, fourteen points, three points, seven points. Oh god, Illinois has been running the too, ball, bro. man. I like Tom Chase Allen. Brown. Tom Allen was the Big Ten coach of the year in COVID year. And then they won two games last year. That is nuts. Oh my! I like it, man. But oh, who, what pick do you have? Who's bringing this live? Yeah, what pick yeah, do you have? I do have uh, a fantasy draft going on for those who just heard that. I think I have pick eight. That's not I, bad. I'm dyslexic or something. I, I can't remember if it's eight or nine ever. But yeah, so I, if you see me periodically looking at my phone, I will be taking. I'm hoping Dalvin Cook falls <laughs> to me. Um, so we're both taking, we both have the same picks. That's yeah. nuts. I did not think any y'all would have the Illinois plus three. Um, yeah, I, 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 I really like Illinois plus. Three. I have that one written down, but that's my I, game of the I week. I might call that one my okay. game of the week. And I have okay. a lot of games of the week this week. I'm thinking about, tra- I'm thinking about changing this just, just to nah. mix it up. Just to this week it up. one. Yeah, but still, I thought you were talking about a different game, Jake. Whenever you, yeah, whenever me too. You were talking that, about that might be what I change it to. Yeah, yeah. Purdue plus three and a half. Home I'll take I like that one. I, I like both of them. I'll probably take both money lines. I'm definitely taking both of those. Games. There's another one that I like that the, the people on this uh, page will not like. Florida, Florida plus three at home is is a very ratty line. Very very ratty line. And here's I, my thing. I so I, I said that I'm on record saying this multiple times. It's just bad business to bet against a home underdog with 70% of the public against the on the away team. Yeah. I don't care who's playing. I, it's just that is just so dangerous. And Utah might blow the doors off of them. I couldn't have Florida next to my name on the graphic, so I didn't no, consider it. No. <laughs> no, heck no. Here's what my Unless it's saying they're under wins. I'm fully by I'm I'm going full heel here. Full heel. Um I've been I'm on record thinking Ohio State is not as good as everyone else thinks they are. I do not think they're that good. Uh, I think their offense is generational. Well, I wouldn't, I'm not going to say generational because they were just as good last year. They had two receivers taken in the top 12 picks. And and somehow I'm supposed to just believe that everything's changed this year because they got a D.C. Um, 
last year Oregon marched into Columbus and absolutely bullied them. Um, they went to Michigan and got absolutely bullied by teams who have a good offensive front. Well, guess what? Notre Dame has a good offensive front. They're going to run the ball. Uh, they got a lot of excitement. Ohio State is the better team, but 17 and a half points. I'm taking Notre Dame plus 17 and a half. I think I think everybody will be Ohio State with this. Everybody, I mean, everybody's just convinced Notre Dame's overrated every single year. And, and whether they are or they're not, I would never give them 17 and a half points. So let me grab that. I'm trying to get Notre Dame plus 17 and a half. I feel like they feel a little different under Marcus Freeman. I mm-hmm. like Marcus Freeman. I think he's got some, he's got some like uh He's got some spunk to him. I feel like yeah. he's more of a motivator than Brian Kelly. I feel like he could get him up for this game. Well, you know they're going to defend, and they're going to run the ball with, with an offensive line. I don't think Ohio State can stop him. So We're as long find as they, out. yeah. So I mean, we'll seventeen see. points is a nice little bumper you got there. And so a half. I mean, yeah. This is a neutral. This is in Dallas, correct? No, it's in. It's in no, it's in Ohio State. It's in yeah. Oh, it's in, oh, it's, it's in, in Ohio. Okay. Yeah. All right, all right. Yeah, it'll all be right. tough. It'll be tough, but. I like that pick though. I, when you when you texted us earlier about about that game, I was like, mm, I might have to, I might have to ride. Yeah, I have Ohio State, but I bought it down to sixteen points. Yeah, I didn't love it at seventeen and a half, but I mean, hey, it's if you're taking them as the dog, I mean, you know, even maybe if they just get a, a garbage time score or something like that, that's still res- like keeping it respectable. So let's go. I don't hate it. Dalvin fell. I don't hate it. it. Was I did? Maybe somebody just took it. No. Yeah, somebody took Dalvin. Dang, I'm gonna take Swift. Nice. I took him in the first round of my pick. other one, and then and then got Devonte Adams on the backswing. That's huge. All right, let's go to overs, 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 overs. I'm gonna kick us off, and I'm taking it's it's staying close to home. Dogs, Oregon over 53 and a half. I, I think that's about as close to a lock as it gets. I don't I don't really need to say much. George is gonna score. Uh, I think we put up at least 30 something points, and if we do that, I, I see the over happening. Um, defense is a little unexperienced. Might be a couple of big plays. Give me over 53 and a half. Like that. Whoever wants to go next. It doesn't matter. I know we don't we don't have I know we don't have the same one. You can go ahead. Okay. All right. I got uh I got Syracuse and Illinois over 57 and a half. Neither of these teams can play defense. Um Syracuse, wait, who's Syracuse? Not Illinois. So uh, Louisville. Did I say Louisville? Illinois? Yes, no, yes, yes. That's right. I that <laughs> yeah, I was I, yeah. Yeah, the, uh, one thing me and Cole have been kind of riding the past couple of years, the ACC overs, because typically on defense they're pretty weak, and both these teams fall into that category. And I think Louisville is actually going to have pretty solid offense this year with uh, Malik Cunningham, and so uh, I can see some points being put up in that game. So I'm, I'm going over 57 and a half there. I like that. I like Sean that. Tucker out of Syracuse is a really good player too. He should get him a couple mm-hmm. good runs at least. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, mine. <laughs> I think I think this I think one team is gonna get almost all these points on their own. Uh and anything else I can get from the other side is just icing on the cake. I got Maryland and Buffalo over 60, uh 62 and a half. Uh Maryland has Loxley, uh Little Tua. Um, and the receivers are actually really good. They even brought in Jacob Copeland from Florida, and he's probably the yeah. best one. Um Buffalo does not have a good defense. They lost a lot uh this past season. They're expected to be pretty, pretty bad. Uh Maryland always comes out and seems to stomp some poor team 70 something to nothing in the first two weeks. And then they get blown out by somebody way better than they are. They do it every year. Yeah. Uh, so I think Buffalo can, and Maryland's defense is also pretty bad. I didn't mention that at all. They're, they're going to be a lot of Maryland overs on this podcast. Uh, Maryland um, could probably get 63 on their own. They may not, but if I can get 12 out of Buffalo, this is easy. Yeah. And Buffalo can score. Like they, It's not like they can't score. A couple of years ago, they won the Mac and they scored like over 40 points a game. 
So yeah. I know it's Mac defenses, but still teams that can score can score on anybody. Uh, going hold on, before we go on, going back to the game we talked about earlier, the West Virginia game, another storyline is Keaton Slowest is starting for Pitt, and that's who essentially took JT's job at USC. So oh, I didn't even think of that. This, there's a lot of storylines going on that game. That's going to be – that's one. I of like my, that storyline. That's one of the things I'm that. most excited about for for this week, just for that reason. Like you have the two that's a little wrinkle USC to quarterbacks, it. backyard brawl. Chippy. I mean, chippy. I've got no ill will towards JT Daniels. No, man. like, dude, I, I, I'm pulling for that guy so hard. I, I hope he does so well this year. I heard somebody say that a lot of Georgia fans hate JT Daniels earlier this week. I was like, oh, I, I haven't no, seen anyone I know, that yes. does. I don't. I, I, Casey Smith was saying that on unnecessary roughness. I was like, what are you talking about? I, I genuinely have never heard any Georgia fan say anything bad about. I've heard Georgia fans say just about everything, and I don't think I've ever heard anybody say. Yeah, that. exactly. I so I don't know where that came from. Um. Do we all take overs? Yeah. Yeah, we all do. So let's move to unders. Um, I'll rip us off to start. I'm going to do – I will have Florida by my name here. I'm taking Utah, Florida under 50 and a half. Um, I like okay. that. I think that's – I think Utah's going to play this game and just try to make Florida lose. You know, like Florida – Florida's going to do something. They know they can do something. Um, so I think I think this is the game where it's going to be kind of a trenches battle. Um, I don't really trust AR yet to, to throw the ball. Um, I think they're going to hit some big plays. Utah hit a few big plays of Camerizing, but I, I, I see that going under 50 and a half, especially in the swamp. Yeah, it, you know, we talk about the conditions in Florida, and I, I was talking about this, this earlier with some of my buddies. Salt Lake City does not get enough burn as one of the toughest places to play in college football at night. Um, if this game was in Salt Lake City, I think Utah would be maybe be 17-point favorites. Yeah. Um, I think it's just that good of an environment. But, yeah, I, I agree with you, though. I could see it going under. Utah is always a team that special teams defense seems like a, usually their first priority. Uh, Florida at home, they should have the crowd energy behind them. They should be able to get a couple stops, make a couple big plays. So, yeah. Yep, yep, for sure. Uh, Griff, what's your under? All right, I got uh, Illinois, Indiana under 46.5. I think there's going to be a lot of running the ball in that game. I had that Both of these up. offenses are – not like high profile, obviously. And uh, so I think this is a low scoring game. Illinois, I think, wins very close, uh, low scoring, a lot of running the ball. So, yeah, definitely. Especially if you watch Chase Brown last week, which I did because I had it at his player prop. Chase Brown is their, yeah. that's their, Your that's ball. their offense right there. That's their weapon. That's, that's who they're going to feed. Yes. Well, so, they didn't last year for some reason. They wouldn't give him the ball. But yes, yeah. this year they will. Um, and, uh, for mine, I'm going to go Florida state LSU under 52 and a half. Yeah. Florida state did not look very good on offense against Duquesne, uh, LSU, <laughs> new coaching staff, um, Jaden Daniels, you know, just won the quarterback battle. Uh, I do think that LSU will pick it up eventually, but under 52 and a half feels pretty good. I could see this being a very, very, very unpleasant game to watch. Who knows? We'll see. But I still think LSU yeah. is going to win by the way. I love LSU this week. I love them. Um, actually change that to my favorite. Screw it. We'll, we'll just do it all different. I'm taking LSU minus three. I think I think they blow the doors off Florida State. I'm very high on LSU, though. I, this is the most talented team that Brian Kelly's ever coached. He's the best coach LSU's had since Nick Saban. Like this, everyone for some reason is acting like this isn't a good fit. This is about as good of a fit as it gets. I think LSU is going to be dangerous for years to come. People talked about the recruiting for a while. Well, he ain't recruiting Louisiana. Well, he's starting to, and he's starting to get them all. So, 
I think LSU's a team that is going to be a force for a while, and I, I think they're going to be solid this year, uh, possibly 10-win team. Yeah, and another yeah, thing is, like even, even if you're not high on LSU, like what exactly has Florida State done yeah. to they really agree. inspire confidence in anything? I, I just – like I, I, I'm all over LSU in this game. This is another one where the public is so, so, so on LSU. But the game's in New Orleans. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I, This is one of the ones where I think the public's just right. <laughs> yeah. I got LSU. Yeah. Yep. So that's the picks for this week. Um, like Griff, you went right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Went under. So yeah, that's the picks for this week. I'm not gonna go through them all because that's that's a lot of picks. But we will make a graphic and post them on Twitter. Uh, like we said, if anyone has any idea for some kind of punishment in and around Athens, let us know, please. But yeah, I'm excited about these picks this week. One, like you said, the slate always on week one is just like, oh, it's beautiful. It's just like welcome back football. Last week was just such an appetizer, and then this week is just beautiful. Um, speaking of last week, Jake, do you have any thoughts on Scott Frost? It's the worst coach in America. Any level, <laughs> any sport. You can go to Kansas what? State and find their uh, their men's softball intramural league coach. Worst coach, Scott Frost. I mean, what are you doing, man? You're you're up 11 in a game that you sh- you were in control of. Your defense can't stop it. Your boys can't tackle. You brought a bunch of guys to the stadium who can't tackle. You go for an onside kick. You cut the field in half because you kick it directly to the first guy on the front line, and he handles it no problem. They immediately go down and score. <laughs> you give the ball over, and now all of a sudden you're losing to Northwestern, buddy. This was supposed to be a seven and a half win team in Vegas. Yeah, right. I I hope Georgia Southern beats them week three. I think it would be hilarious. It's just so ridiculous, man. That we, we keep getting sold this Nebraska is back. No, no, Scott sorry. Frost is. Scott Frost is not a good coach. He's a chump. He does not know what he's doing. He, yeah, I understand. Oh, they're all one score games. If he was a good coach, he would have won a couple of those by now. Like actually, well, Jake, he would have found out. A, would have found a way to he, win. He did win a national championship at UCF. <laughs> I think you're forgetting that. So let's let's just have that on record. <laughs> I'm sure check Wikipedia. I no, say, Scott Frost um, is a fraud. You're right. He's a complete yeah, he's, fraud. He I wanted to buy in. I did buy in on Nebraska, and I still think their team is pretty good. But he, they will never win anything with him at the helm. Um, no. I bet you know Whipple, he just got his first special teams coordinator like this year. Well, that guy should have been louder in his ear. He should have turned up the volume because that yeah. was one of the worst onside kicks I've ever seen in my entire life. It was awful. Yeah, that was bad. I, 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 that wow. was another thing too. It's like okay, so like this is like okay, week one up eleven against Northwestern. That's when you really want to get dangerous. You you're, that's when you're feeling bold. That's when you want to get your bag of tricks. Terrible. What are you doing, man? Terrible, terrible, terrible. All right. Well, we spent enough time talking about the picks for this week. Let's talk about the main event. The main event being UGA versus Oregon in Atlanta. It's finally time. Griff, I want the solo screen. Give me the solo screen. All I'm, right, going, on, I'm going on my Oregon rant hate right here. Um, so let's let's talk about this. The worst conference in Power Five is the Pac-12. We all know that. Their their own teams know that. Oregon fans know that. And they want to act like they're above everyone else in the Pac-12. They want to act like their logo holds so much more weight. Well, there hasn't been a Pac-12 teams make the playoffs since, twenty, I think, 2017. And you might say, oh, Oregon. No, it was Washington. Washington's the last Pac-12 team to make it. It wasn't even Oregon. Um, but they're like, yeah, but Cole, we have the Nike money. We have Phil Knight. We have the Nike money. Our logo holds way more weight. Yeah, their logo holds so much weight that the Big Ten picked UCLA over them, who has their old coach. That's how much weight their logo holds. Um, their logo also holds so much weight that their sitting coach left to take a job on a dormant program in Miami. So that's how much lo- weight their logo holds. 
Um, they've won the Pac-12 three times since Chip Kelly's left. Y'all are not above the Pac-12. Y'all are firmly rooted in the Pac-12. Um, all that Nike money bought you an absolute tail kicking from Utah for eight straight quarters last year. You are firmly in the mix of an absolute joke of a program. Uh, Oregon is sorry. I don't care what how many uniforms they have. They 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 want to boast the Nike money. It might be time to start boasting actual wins on the field. So that's my Oregon rap. If y'all have anything to add on, feel free. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like you pretty much hit it all. <laughs> I do have I do have a fun stat about Oregon. It's not fun for them. It's fun for me. Um, so every year since 2015, which I think was 2015, the last time Oregon was like really really bad, or was that 2016? Maybe I can't remember. It was one of those years when they won. They went like four and eight. Yeah. Every year, year since 2015, Oregon has had at least one loss to a team that finished with a losing record in every year except 2019. And in 2019, they lost to then 5-4 and four Arizona State, who was coming off of four straight losses, including a loss to 4-5 and five Oregon State. Yep. They're not big game bread. That's the most Pac-12 stat of all time right there. Exactly. That's the problem with the Pac-12. They don't beat the teams they're supposed to beat. That They go into Columbus and beat Ohio State, and you're like, wow, Oregon's a playoff team. And then they just get embarrassed by Utah twice, back to back. No adjustments made. Just terrible, terrible. No, it was so it was so annoying because like we were on Oregon for that second Utah game. We're like, surely they'll be ready for this one because they're better, and they weren't. They're not better. They stink. <laughs> and they're they're a bunch of frauds. That's that's really all you can do is to describe them as. Maybe yeah. Dan Lanning can whip those boys into shape. At least he knows what winning football looks like. I mean, they want to act like they are way ahead. And the Big Ten straight up picked UCLA. UCLA went with USC, not Oregon, not Washington. UCLA. That's where the Pac-12 is at. So, yeah, I, I had to get that off. We'll, we'll have plenty of hate week for every team and more on Twitter. But let's get into actual football. Um, you mentioned Dan Lanning. Let's start there. How much of an effect can Dan Lanning have on this game? Like, with – with the amount of time he's been there, with the, with the things he's had to put in, like, how much how much is the Dan Lanning effect going to be on Saturday? Well, we, we we always hear people say, well, Dan Lanning knows Kirby really well. All right, well, Kirby knows Dan Lanning really well too. So it's kind of a that's kind of a moot point at a certain at a certain point. You know, you talk about, oh, he knows he knows this defense so well. He knows. All right, well, Kirby knows his defense. He yeah. he probably has a pretty good on read on him too. So. I think this is going to be um, a welcome to the, you know, welcome to college football moment for Dan Lanning, I guess, is at least as a head coach. I do think Oregon is headed in the right direction. I think in a couple of years they will be a very good team, uh, especially if they continue to recruit at this level. But right now, uh, I, I think he just better hold on and pray. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Dan Lanning's going to do really well there. I really do. All, all things I just said about Oregon's logo, I think he can do really well there. He's already recruiting really good. He got Malachi Nelson, one of the – or not Malachi Nelson, um, Dante Moore one of the top uh, quarterback prospects in the, in the next class, which, you know, it's always, it's always one thing to see, like when a defensive coach is hired, can he recruit offense? Well, he's proven he can. Um, and I, th I think he's going to do well, but like I said, he, the amount of time he's been there, we remember Kirby when he first got to Georgia, um, he had more talent than Dan Lanning's going to have on Oregon's defense. And we went eight and five. Like it, it takes time. Uh, I mean, especially for a defensive head coach, in my opinion, I think offensive head coaches, you can kind of, you can kind of dictate the game a little bit more in your first year. Um, you can score and, and at least be flashy, but defense it takes time to implement that system. So I think I think it'll be a little bit for for Dan Lane to get his hands on that. Well, and I think one thing too, like that comes with a new head coach, is like a culture change. And like obviously Georgia experienced that with Kirby Smart. 
South Carolina is experiencing that with Shane Beamer right now. And it takes it takes a year to build 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 a culture there. Like you have to get guys to buy into what you want to do. And Dan Lane definitely hasn't had enough time to do that at Oregon yet. So I mean that just you know he I think he'll get there, but not not by this game. It, it, yeah. While we're while we're on the topic, uh, I, I did want to bring this up. Uh, Kirby Smart's had Bo Nix figured out since 2019. Never had an issue with Bo Nix. I can read a couple numbers for you. Yeah, hit your Bo um, stats for us. 2019, 30 of 50 passing, 245 yards, one touchdown. That is 4.9 yards per attempt. Not great. Uh, that was the game Trayvon Walker started the sack. Yeah, per attempt. Not per completion, per attempt. That's bad. 2020, 21 for 40, 177 yards. I was at this game. No touchdowns, one pick, 4.4 yards per attempt. Georgia wins 27-6. Absolute domination that whole game. I'm pretty sure that that was that was two field goals too, not a touchdown and a mix, a mix two point. I was at that was a very fun game. Fun fact, my Twitter Abby, I, that, that that was from that game. It was a 2020 COVID year. We sat in the front row literally by ourselves because they weren't letting anybody in the stadium. That's the origination, huh? Uh huh. 2021. 21 to 38, arguably his best performance. 21 to 38, 217 yards, no touchdowns and a pick. 5.7 yards per attempt. Georgia wins 34 to 10. So for his career, he is 72 of 128, 639 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, 4.9 yards per attempt. 0 wow. and 3. He cannot throw the ball downfield against Georgia. They just yeah. got to limit him against a passer. First game in 2019, he did run a little bit. He had 14, uh, 42 yards, 13 carries, and a touchdown. After that, eight yards on 11 carries in 2020, minus 16 yards on 10 carries in 2021, which obviously includes sacks. But the real thing is, Kirby's had Bo Nix figured out since 2019. I'm not worried about him. I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna hurt us in any way. Um, I'd be surprised if he had less than two interceptions in this game. Yeah, yeah. And I, listen, I'm not even a Bo Nix hater. Like I, I think he's a, a fine quarterback. I think he's done some good things at Auburn, and I feel for anybody that plays at Auburn the last few years. Like as we see with their AD stepping down two days before the season, or two, I guess a week before the season starts. Like there's some serious turmoil going on over there. He was on Malzahn's last few years, and then he got Harson's first year. Like he kind of had some bad breaks. Um, so I kind of feel for the guy a little bit. But but like you said, he he does put a lot of these things on himself with the things that he does in the game. So I don't I don't see. I think he will have a good year at Oregon, but against us, week one, I, I think he's going to be in for a long day. I think well, I think like, he will he hit some place, like- but it'll it'll be few and far between. Yeah, I mean, he looked like prime Steve McNair in, in Jordan Hare. I think he was a twenty-four to two touchdown to interception ratio. Yeah, uh, and then he go on the road to play at a neutral site, and and he looked very, very, very different in that light. Um, yeah, and luckily this game's not at Jordan Hare, so <laughs> it is not. Griff, you got anything on Bo Nix? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you guys. I don't think he's gonna be much of a problem for us. We've kind of had his number, but I, I do think that he has grown up a lot in his his time as a quarterback. I mean, last year I think he was definitely playing his best year of football by far and mm-hmm. uh, ended up getting injured. But uh, I think Auburn season could have gone a lot differently too, if he didn't get injured. So, um, but yeah, I don't think we, we're going to have problems with him. I do think he has a good year though. Like Cole said. Yeah. Uh, one of the things about this Oregon team is they are talented. Like we said, like they should be winning the PAC 12 every single year, every single year. And they just haven't. And they have so much talent back there. And maybe that's a knock on Cristobal. I don't know who it's a knock on, but they, they have, Arguably, two the two best middle linebackers in the entire country in Noah Sewell and Justin Flo. These guys are freaks, like big-time freaks. Flo has not played. He's played like two games in college. Uh, he's been just hammered by injuries, but hopefully he's healthy. Like, you want to see those guys on the field. Hopefully he's healthy. Um, they should be fun to watch, so keep an eye on that here in this game. Uh, but 
one thing I also keep an eye on is their offensive coordinator, Kenny um, Dillingham, I think is his name. He he's a disciple of Malzahn. Um, he's he's got the same gimmicks. He's going to do the same things that Malzahn did. Where you're like, what is going on? But then it somehow works every now and then. Uh, he he's a guy that Bo Nix will feel comfortable with. So I don't. That is one thing that is a little bit concerning. Is I don't think there's going to be that much of a transition for Bo Nix in that offense. He's going to be pretty comfortable probably from the from the jump in terms of scheme. Obviously, playing against our defense is probably not going to be real comfortable for him, but. I think that's one thing to watch is it those kind of schemes never really work against Kirby. The the gimmicks never do anything. He's just he's got too talented of a team and too good of a schemer. So I don't see that being much of a problem, but I do think that we won't see any like mental mistakes out of Bo Nix being in there. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. And I, I know I'm I know I was pretty hard on him, but at the end of the day, you know, he still is a senior quarterback, plenty of experience. I say we we've had it figured out since 2019. This will be the third time he's seen this defense. Uh, right. Dan Lanning understands that defense, and he can tell him, you know, hey, you know, here's the weak spots and stuff like that. Easier said than done. Mm. But as far as situations go, he's probably in the best situation possible. That being said, when Oregon does lose this game, the bow and four jokes are going to be very funny. Yes, I'm going to go ahead and put a, I'm going to go ahead and put a tickler <laughs> on that. I, you heard it here first, bow and four. <laughs> I like that. Let's hashtag that on Twitter this week for sure. Um, one thing about Oregon that I, that I do like, and you saw that I, I, I went to it when, um, they went into Ohio state and beat, beat them. Their offensive line was just dominating Ohio state. Um, and that, and that's a credit to Cristobal. That's, that's his niche. Like he's an offensive line guy. So that makes sense. And they, they did lose a couple of transfers, but they also brought some in and they have a very good offensive line still there. Um, that's one thing that the coaching staff has to be happy about. So, I, I, I'm interested to see their O-line versus our D-line. Um, obviously, Jalen Carter will be the best player on either team on that side, so I don't think anyone's stopping him. It does not matter what the O-line looks like. But I, I do like teams with good O-lines. I, I, that, I still think that's the way to play football. That's the way that you win. Um, so I think Oregon is going to be a team that, like I said, in the Pac-12, that should carry them. But against us, we'll see. I, I, think, it's one, I think it is the matchup to watch. Their O-line versus our D-line, especially with our young linebackers, um, if they start getting some pushes and, and running back start hitting some holes, that's one way a team can this, that's inferior can hang around is if they can run the ball, control the clock. So we don't want that to happen. Uh, we need need the D line to step up big time and plug those holes. No JD, no Devonte this year. Uh, we got to do something else. Yeah, I'll say this too. Uh, like in relation to that, you know, Oregon last year versus Ohio State, we don't want a repeat of what happened there. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason they were able to do that is because they were so physical up front and Ohio state is not. And, but that's an issue that you're not going to run into with Georgia because that's what we're built on is physicality. And uh, Kirby preaches that every day. And so, I mean, that's one thing that makes you feel good about that is just knowing that those guys, that's what they practice every day is being physical up front, winning in the trenches. And so, yeah. And Griff, you have—I know you said you had some stats written down on Oregon. What, hit us with some of those returning stats that you had. Yeah, so this year Oregon is bringing back the most on defense, uh, seven returning starters, which is sixty-nine percent of their production from last year. And then on offense, and that doesn't even count back, flow. But keep in mind that doesn't count Justin Flow because he didn't—he didn't really play. So like that production number would be up if he played. I guess what I'm saying, right. percentage-wise. Uh, and then on offense, they're bringing back 58%. And then uh, total production, they're bringing back 63%. And that's 76 in the country and seventh in the Pac-12. So 
pretty virtually low, but Georgia actually is lower than in uh, returning production. Yeah, and that I think makes we're sense, like yeah. six, 60 or something like 58 or something like that. That definitely makes yeah. sense. It's something we we talk about their defense being pretty good. Their defense is really good. They have some solid corners, and we've seen in the past they've had these Swiss Army knife safeties, uh, especially Javon Holland. He's been very fantastic in the NFL. It's huge good in him player. coming out of the draft. Uh, Verone McKinley, who was very good for them last year too. They don't have that guy this year. Um, and so I think that's where they're going to be weakest is over the top. And I think Georgia's going to sling it around. I think they're going to take some shots and uh, try to hurt them up the middle and, and, and take some shots downfield because their corners are solid. Their linebackers are really good. They've got a competent defensive line. They don't have that big edge, edge rusher. They don't have that Kayvon Thibodeau. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure they can still generate pressure with no problem, and especially in a Dan Lanning defense. So right. safety is, I think, where Georgia's going to look to attack them. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, yeah, let's talk about Georgia a little bit before we end the show. Let, let's We talked enough about Oregon. Let's talk about some of the guys we're watching this week. Uh, Jake, I think you mentioned it. I, I think Steph's going to have a big day, and I know Griff stamps this. Um, I, I think we're going to throw the ball a lot. Todd Monken, I think this is your Todd Monken gets to where he wants to get, about 52% pass, 48% run, maybe even higher. I think we're going to throw the ball a lot. Um, I'm excited to see what Steph can do uh, with full reins. I'm picking right now. I got Kyle Pitts in the third round, which is nasty. nice. That's <laughs> disgusting. I went, I went Swift, Javante Williams, um, Pitts, Allen Robinson. I'm now taking Rashad Bateman. That Very actually high. sounds pretty good. That's that Very is high. solid. So four, yeah. Fourteen. Fourteen. Damn. Yeah, yeah. I'm rolling right now. I'm, nice. I'm just happy with this slot. But yeah, like I said, I think that with Todd Monken in year three, which is crazy. You still feel like Monken's fairly new, but this is Stet. He's got the reins. He knows the offense, and we got weapons all over the field. I'm gonna call a. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna call my shot on this one. I'm gonna call a a, a lad McConkey uh, gadget play. Maybe a run or something like something a little strange. Yeah, yeah. Maybe just even like a really really shallow drag. They're gonna get him the ball and he's gonna take it. Take it 50, 60 yards for a score. The Brandon Boykin. I Open, like that. Yeah. Opening game. Brandon Boykin to the house in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I like that. Uh, so some intel we're getting. Uh, it sounds like Javon Bullard has taken over the star position. Um, and William Poole is on on the mic today saying that. He's one of the toughest football players he's ever seen. Um, and he was just standing right beside Lewis Seam last year, who, in my opinion, might be the toughest football player I've ever seen. Um, so that's, that's, uh, I think that holds weight coming from him. I'm excited to watch him now. Like, I, I'm really pumped to see Bullard play. I know we got to see him a little bit in the games last year, but this year, as, as the main guy, like, I'm super pumped about, about that, seeing what he can do. Yeah. And I mean, if he, if he's beating out, you know, Poole and, uh, you know, a handful of other guys who could slide in there. That's pretty, you know, that's yeah. that's pretty encouraging, especially when we talk about the progression of these young DBs like we talked about, you know, a few weeks ago. So, and, and also in the defense, what are we looking for in terms of, we talked about Bo Nix. Do you think Kirby's going to release the dogs or is he going to kind of like go back to his old ways and push the pocket in and make Bo Nix make a mistake? I think he's going to turn up the heat. Mm-hmm. I just think we're too athletic to to be conservative like that with that, you know, like, Bo Nix, you obviously don't want him to get out of the pocket and escape and stuff like that because that's when he makes his best plays. But mm-hmm. I think we're just too athletic up front for to even let that happen, regardless of the scheme there. Yeah. Well, you got to be like you got to go into the game very, I guess, what's the word? Um, not excited, but comfortable. I guess you got to be you got to be comfortable knowing that Nolan Smith's on the edge and Robert Bill slash Chad Chambers on the other edge. Those are guys who, who play the assignment really well. Like they're not going to let him get outside contained and stuff like that. Like they're gonna they're gonna rush under control um, and and usually win their reps. So yeah, I agree. I think Kirby saw the benefit of, of releasing the dogs last year and letting them get after the quarterback a little bit. 
um, and not so much pocket containment. Uh, by the way, that video of, of Will Muschamp was awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I, I oh, see yeah, it every, yeah. a couple times, you know, throughout the years, but, but him just yelling gap control is one of the funniest things. I love it. I, I'm a big Will Muschamp fan. I always have been though. I know everybody, I know when we hired him, people are like, Oh, we don't, we don't want him to be DC. He was a terrible head coach. Like, Hey, why don't you do a little bit of research on college football and see what he's done as a defensive coordinator. It's a tiny bit. It's been pretty good. It, let's just say that it's been pretty, pretty good. I can't remember. Somebody posted that video. I'll be brief. It was that video of Nick Saban and Will Muschamp, like at, when they were both at LSU, just absolutely tearing into somebody. Mm-hmm. And uh, somebody was like, this is poor coaching or something. And I'm like, <laughs> you know how many championship rings are in this video? <laughs> yeah. This is double For digits. For real. Yeah. I, I love it. I love that combination. And Schumann along there, the, who, who by all accounts is like, one of the best at translating the defense to the players. So I I do think that there will be some growing pains with the defense, but I don't think it's going to be very long. I, I think it will get cleaned up pretty quick because you got a good mix of veterans. you got a good mix of just young studs. And I think by week four, five, six, they're going to be really gelling and it's going to be special. So I'm excited to see that. Uh, let's, right, pick, uh, let's pick one player that has a really, really uh, big game. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. All right. You're going to start us off then. Can't say stick. Um, yeah, I don't want to say Stet. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Kamari Lassiter. You know, he I, it seems like he's locked up that that second DB position next to Ringo, and I think he's they're going to try to pick on him a little bit, being a mm-hmm. younger guy, and I think he shows up. I, I think he has a great game, so I'm going with Kamari Lassiter. Yeah, they're definitely going to target him a little bit for sure, so that'll be, that'll be something to watch. Um, Jake, go ahead. Uh, you know, the linebacker play is so good, and I want to take one of the tight ends. And yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Gilbert. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say. 14 shows up. Uh, has a big game. First game as a dog. Seven. and uh, absolutely tears him up. Maybe Georgia can can isolate him a little bit on a safety with uh, you know a linebacker covering Bowers or a linebacker or on the running backs or something, and and he busts one loose and gets a gets a big touchdown. I love. It. I was gonna see somebody play their Eric Gilbert card. Like he's he's one of the most anticipated guys, I guess, in a while. Just just in terms of what he's done last year, we didn't get to see him. Um, I, th- I think if he comes out and makes a big play, it's going to set Twitter on fire. Oh, yeah. All all teams, everyone's watching this. That's what that's what the best part about this. Every other fan base is watching this Eric Gilbert situation and just kind of like, they're like, oh, we don't even know he's going to play. That's just completely them trying to convince themselves he's going to play. We saw him in the spring game. The dude's going to play. So they they can hold out hope all they want, but he's going to be there. He's going to be making plays. It's going to be sick. Uh, I'm taking my boy. I'm taking Kenny McIntosh. <laughs> All the intel has been just booming on Kenny. I think this dude's going to explode. Like I, I genuinely you tell Grivy can have Stet, and then you take Kenny. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we mentioned Stet. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I wanted yeah. to take someone else anyway. <laughs> I've already, I've already been on record that, saying no. Stet's going to have a good game this week. So. It was my low hanging fruit, but yeah, I took it. It's he's a guy I cannot wait. I, I still think he's going to be a fringe first round running back off the board this year. So I'll take, I'll take Kenny. I think. Catching, running, everything. Maybe kickoff return. That would be so sick. But I'm excited, man. I'm excited. This game's going to be awesome. Before we get off, do some predictions. I got 37-13. Dogs. I'm doing the math in my head. 38-13. We cover. Because I I, 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 laid the, I laid the points. I don't know if Georgia will cover. In fact, I don't even love them to cover. But I'm going to be there, and I want something to root for. Yeah. I got 41-21. Uh, 41, 21, maybe 24, but yeah, I think, I think dogs cover and I think that the over hits. 
which would be best case scenario. So, all right, guys, thanks for listening in. Uh, we will see y'all next week uh, twice. We'll see y'all twice next week. Uh, we will make sure to get a recap and a preview. So we'll be on Twitter. We'll be active, maybe host the space. We'll definitely be hosting spaces before the game at halftime or post game. One of the three, hopefully all three, but so be following us on Twitter. If you're not, then don't miss that. Um, but as always go dogs, have a great week. Let's do it.